You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, I chatted with Camille Trent, who runs content and community at PeerSignal, to learn how she roughly doubled their email subscribers from 6,000 to 12,000 in about one month. You'll learn her philosophy on doubling down on what's working rather than starting new channels, how she used LinkedIn to promote and grow their newsletter, how she thinks about creating quality content in the first place, and loads more. I hope you enjoy it. Camille, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. I Like like I said, I've been following you for a long time on LinkedIn. Um, I know you primarily by your avatar, so I'm super excited to meet you and actually get to chat with you. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jeremiah. Yeah, no, it's uh, a long time coming and, uh, you know, big fan of uh, Databox. And uh, uh, I think using John's words, like you guys are, are a true like content brand. So i um, excited to, to talk content. Awesome. Yeah, you're you're the person to talk it with. You've you've had some like really compelling posts. I literally copied and pasted uh, one of your last posts in here. So I like get the quote right and can like ask you about it later. Maybe we'll get time to nerd out on some stuff. Um, so I guess for those who aren't aware and aren't following you, can you give like the 30 second breakdown of what Peer Signal is and now recently launched um, Keyplay is? Yeah, sure. So in a nutshell, uh, Peer Signal is the media brand uh, and then Keyplay is the SaaS brand. So uh, we really wanted to make it that simple uh, and draw that line um, in such a way that I'm actually really like the only uh, full-time employee in a way uh, at Peer Signal, uh, whereas everyone else on the team uh, is is basically full-time key play uh, employees, right? And so, yeah, drawing sort of, sort of that line, that like distinction between the two, uh, we felt like would give us the right, um, uh, just like uh, give give us the right focus, I guess, and uh, incentivize the right behavior, I guess is kind of like, uh, the core reason behind it. Um, so a lot of, you know, SaaS companies are adopting like this idea of media brand and whether or not they're buying a media brand or trying to build it, build it up. I think I can, I can think of some good examples off the top of my head. Um, but almost always they keep it under their brand's name. Right. Um, and so we wanted to do something a little different that I've seen others do in terms of one segment of their content like they may have a newsletter that's uh you know that's branded something else as a different name right they'll have like one piece of their content strategy uh, about this but to kind of make this a a real like media house and like really like research arm um to the level of like you know gartner or uh forester you know that that type of type of level of this is kind of like a true um, respectable, like research entity. Um, mm. I think that we had to make those things separate. And you're, and I saw this was like tying into another post, but like when you say research entity, you're really talking about like the most difficult form of producing content, which is like doing all your own original, like first party stuff where like a lot of people do roundups or like, you know, crowdsource knowledge and things like that. You, it sounds like you all are taking a very intentional, like you're going to do this like the hard way. And most, I'm guessing, if not all the content you produce is like first party research data. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's a good question. And honestly, like a, a big reason um, or thing that drew me to the role was the tools that we already had in place to be able to 
I felt pull this off, right? So for one, um, like Adam had been publishing this this weekly, almost weekly newsletter uh, for about a year prior, essentially using this kind of like first party data, right? Um, and uh, first party curations like of, of data. Um, and so it's unique, like you can't find it anywhere else uh, uh, because there are own indexes, right? In the way that like Fidelity has like their own indexes, right? For for SaaS and things like that, we have our own indexes. And so to be able to to have uh, our own um, our own data and then uh, have a little bit of a system for analyzing that data. Like uh, I think our best example is like our hiring tracker. So we have a hiring tracker, we have different um, fields and columns, you know, that we can sort by and slice by. Uh, and then there's specific things that we look for every month, like um, uh, to make it a, a repeatable core pillar, like of, of content, right? So I think you kind of like already started proving out um, that we could do something like this. And I think pulling from our own data, which then again, like helps with the flywheel, which we'll get to of uh, essentially peer signal is powered by key play data, right? So the nature of our product and the fact that we are, um, uh, you know, like a, a, a data provider in a way, um, uh, ICP tool, uh, they enable one another. And so I think having like the foundations in place and being, being a, a data tool, like helps us to, to be able to know what type of a media company that we can create um, and how best to split those things out. Now, we're going to be talking primarily like as far as the metric goes around email subscribers that you drove. Um, obviously, super impressive result. Well, I will I, sometimes I give away the result at the beginning and I need to make a uh, habit not to do that. So you can re you can reveal the result at the end, which it's super impressive. Uh, and I'm excited to learn how you did it. Can you kind of set the, st the stage like um, kind of what was the belief specifically? Like I know there's like signups for peer signals, like, you know, insights or research, or whatever. But the email play specifically, what was was that just kind of like the first product that had existed and that just kind of made sense or set the stage for like why why the emphasis when you came in on email subscribers as opposed to like peer signal signups, you know, or maybe like a, a waiting list for uh, key play or something like that. What why the emphasis there and what was sort of the bet and the belief there? Yeah, no, great question. So I should probably start out with like, what, what is peer signal for people who, who've never heard about it or come across it. Um, and essentially, it's, it started out, um, our, our two founders, we have Andrew technical co founder, and then um, Adam more of the business uh, co founder, um, they were wanting to study, uh, go to market plays um, across B2B SaaS, right. So uh, essentially, like how are B2B SaaS companies going to market and which ones are winning and why, like trying mm -hmm. to uncover the why, right? And so, so this is really just like a passion project at first. They didn't know exactly like what what they wanted to build, but they knew kind of who they wanted to build for. Um, you know, Adam had built like a few other businesses in the past, um, has has a you know, marketing business background. And so I think building for that go-to-market community, both like sales and uh, marketing professionals in this space, uh, they knew that they wanted to create something for that persona and they, they didn't know exactly what, right? So they, they started with PeerSignal uh, databases, which are really just um, a curation of interesting uh, data that would appeal to you or, you or I, um, certainly appeal to them. Uh, so a couple of those, those uh, data sets are 
PLG. So a way that you can like study, uh, you know, who's doing PLG in the industry, what that means, like how we're defining it. Uh, and then specifically, like, what's the difference in like their go to markets, right? Like, uh, how, you know, like, how do they do that different than like a traditional B2B company? What are the trends there? What are the differences? So we kind of like uh, go into that, analyze it. We have another one that's just specifically about uh, B2B. It's like a, a little bit broader of um, B2B index between five and 5,000 employees. So you have your, you know, cloud 100s, you have your like big tech uh, like indexes out there. Um, so we wanted to serve more of like the startup growth phase um, and see what, what that, that stage of company was doing. Um, and then we have our, our hiring tracker, right? Which is has a lot of um, overlapping data, but is really a way for you to look for jobs like within, especially within like the sales and marketing. So um, especially useful to folks right now um, who are looking for like sales and marketing jobs, like specifically within B2B SaaS um, with some of those layoffs that are happening. So those are kind of the, the few that we started with. And then we started adding uh, galleries, um, which are um, galleries of home pages uh, and pricing pages. So again, you can just get inspiration from what others are doing, compare, like it was especially useful as we just barely launched our product. So that's what, there's <laughs> a long way to say, that's what Pure Signal is, right? Um, and then from the beginning, Adam was uh, creating these uh, newsletters. So weekly newsletter, um, which is essentially just um, a way to deliver the analysis and like the reports from, from that data set, like a way to kind of translate that to the public. Um, you know, obviously users were coming in and basically being their own analysts or salespeople, for instance, were using our data sets to, you know, come up with uh, target lists and uh, get inspiration of, you know, who to, who to sell to, like based on some different criteria that they plug in. So basically a lot of different use cases for it, but I think the, the average person, you know, might, uh, might not know exactly what to look for. And we have the whole backend of ability to splice it up. So it was kind of like our way to deliver this, like very data backed, like B2B SaaS report that's really not been done in that same way before. Uh, and especially I think with all of the hiring movement going on, last year with this like big boom of hiring, right? And then this year, um, you know, with, with some of the layoffs, right? Like it's been like a very dramatic uh, year for, for tech. And so uh, so because of that, I think there's been a, a little bit of a demand for data-backed content around that. So that was our like media entity to start, right? Like we don't, we don't have a podcast yet. We don't have like events yet. And so, so that's really like why we started with like, let's, let's focus on just like growing our audience. Um, and we thought about that as, uh, you know, like link LinkedIn, uh, connections, followers, audience, like really building more around like our personal brands, uh, to start just cause that has more, more reach and like more ability to kind of start uh, a real discussion with folks, um, and, and really like gather those insights, um, for what we should build next and do next for the community. So we were focused on, you know, uh, like follower growth there. Um, cause every time he would send a newsletter, we'd basically do like a, a LinkedIn post, uh, typically with a carousel, um, with it too, which is almost like a breakdown of what happened in the, in the report, in the newsletter. So, um, you know, basically just meeting people where they are. So we we're focused there and then we're focused on, on emails. Right. Um, and when somebody signs up for peer signal, they sign up through their email, right? So it's a uh, mutually beneficial for us where we have members of our, portal basically uh members of our like uh, peer signal hub 
uh, but they have access to like all of those resources that I just mentioned. Uh, they can access any time, but then also they'll, they'll be on our newsletter list, right? And so uh, we'll send them weekly newsletters. So with all of that considered, like uh, a big reason why when I first came in, I started with, uh, uh, you know, how can we, we grow our email list was speed up the, the learnings, right? Like uh, if you add, add more um, of an audience in, in one place, then now you're getting more insights, you're getting uh, more scalable data too. Uh, and I'm just a big believer in like doubling down on what's working best. So I think like mm. two other reasons were like the very first thing that I did, it was basically just uh, search peer signal within LinkedIn and see like what people were talking about around it, um, how they were talking about it, what they understood of it, right? Um, and a lot of times they would mention uh, the newsletters and uh, Adam mentioned, you know, uh, and, and added some screenshots from people who replied to the newsletter. It's like really common that he'll get replies to the newsletter. So um, I think just knowing that that was the most popular piece of what we were doing so far, it was just a matter of doubling down. So, um, and again, like uh, signups, uh, the main way to sign up even for the newsletter right now is to sign up for Peer Signal. So it serves both purposes of, you know, becoming like this go-to resource for our, our target audience, but then also um, basically showing people the content that they're, they want most or that they value most um, and focus like doubling down on growth there. So basically, you know, like the, in this case, before key play came about peer signal, like the product kind of was content, these curated insights and, and like unique research points and things that people were interested in. So the newsletter was the very first channel to distribute that out. It was the first marketing channel. It was kind of the pillar channel. It's what was working the best. Uh, people, you were getting good responses from the community, good responses, good feedback from your customers. Um, and so, and it was directly tied to the product. It sounds like if you join the product, you, you, uh, also end up joining the newsletter. So, um, so that makes a ton of sense. So, so what was the, when you came in, um, I'll let you kind of tackle it however you want. Do you like, what were sort of the levers you pulled when you came in and you decided to try and focus on growing this? Like, was there a series of, of levers or what was kind of the first, what was your thought process when you came in to grow it? Like, did it go to getting more people to share it? Like, I know you mentioned LinkedIn personal was a big, was a big lever that you pulled. Um, so yeah, can you walk me through like a few steps of like how you actually took to grow that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so going back to kind of I don't think that thinking about LinkedIn as a distribution channel is exactly right, um, but that is that had been an effective way for us to distribute the newsletter thus far, right? And so um, basically just seeing Adam's success on there, it was like, okay, how can we continue to do what you're doing like at, at a high level? Um, so yeah, continue to do, to do those decks, like continue to do the long posts. Um, but then, you know, I had like a decent, you know, uh, following, I suppose, as well. Um, and so the the easiest lever to pull was essentially like funneling a little bit of like my overlapping audience like into uh, into peer signal, right? And so the way that uh, the way that I did that was essentially just I would assist with the promotions. And so a strategy that I'd seen work pretty well at uh, at marketer hire with our newsletter there, which was again like one of the most popular you know content pillars, was the day before the newsletter would go out, there would be a 
promo post uh, like strategy as well, right? So um, so you'd have a, a post essentially like teasing uh, the the newsletter, have kind of like a, a last chance to to sign up. Um, you know, not not using those words exactly, but. Uh, but essentially, yeah, just just teasing like what's about to come. Uh, and that kind of goes back into like the my, I guess, philosophy of building in public, too. Right. So it's, it's a way to build in public. And then it's also a way um, to kind of uh, have almost like a mini marketing strategy, like around every send um, rather than just like set it and forget it, which is, I think, what most people do with uh, with their newsletters. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, so that, so that was part of it was I. Um, we experimented with a couple different formats. Um, we added a few different like kind of posts to the schedule where there was a, a promo post. And then the day of Adam would still do his, uh, his deck posts, um, which I would help with. And then I would also add uh, a post as well. And during that time, I just kind of experimented with a few different formats, uh, depending on, you know, whatever was unique about the content that week. So for instance, when we had a big release, like of a new, uh, gallery, which is the homepage gallery, um, then took a, a GIF like sort of screenshot of that gallery, like seeing it, seeing us believing. And so uh, including that directly in the piece of like, here's what we built essentially and thinking about it almost as like a product rollout. Um, that additional format, like got a lot of got a lot of love um, and got that kind of like initial boost uh, in the first, I think, week or two, week or two. So it was kind of a uh, just lucky on my part of coming in when they they'd already built this uh, this great resource for me to share, uh, but uh, experimenting with a few different formats so that every time we shared it, it felt like a completely separate thing, right? Uh, it felt new, and so so that was always the goal is, um, you know, adding fuel to the fire by yeah literally having another person post right and and posting from my point of view different different voice um, different angles uh, every time and then you know, different uh, visuals as well. So everything from from uh, GIF to screenshots to deck um, and uh, text posts. So tried different formats there, um, Got saw a decent amount just from that. So that was the first one. I can talk about other you, uh, other lovers as well, but. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Um, okay, cool, yeah. Uh, this is a good place to pause. So the, um, now, I guess like the uh, uh, the first question is, were you in, in all these posts sort of the, the day of or the day before, things like that, were you linking, like doing the standard like link to the newsletter, like sign up page within like the first comment or um, like how were you driving people from LinkedIn or were you not like linking at all and just like having them go search for it or hit you up asking about it? Like how, how did you actually get them from LinkedIn to the to the sign up? Yeah, so uh, yeah, you have to understand like the the platform mechanics uh, with anything like this, right? It'd be different for for Twitter, for Instagram, for for, for LinkedIn. A um, couple things we we tried a couple different things, right? So Adam had actually like had pretty decent success linking directly in the post, and so we kind of had this theory of well, one like we we knew that that was probably going to get us like the highest conversions um, as long as it didn't tank reach right as long as like we could still get right. good views but that's always the that's always the balance uh so when we knew that we had something really good like when we had the the gallery release um the hiring tracker reports like things that monthly uh just always performed um we felt a little bit more confident about putting putting that link directly in the post and so um 
So for the most part, the first few times, like we'd put it in a post, uh, we started experimenting with putting uh, the link in the comments. This is around the time too that LinkedIn added the pin comment. So you could actually like pin your pin, pin a, any comment that, that you wanted that you did. Um, so that would become like the first comment for whatever reason. LinkedIn took that feature away recently. So, um, so that's the caveat. I literally looked I for it people. yesterday. I was like, wait, wasn't this here like like just a week ago or something like that? Yeah, I mean, so like, yeah, quick like rumor mill here is that, uh, yeah, I guess they are not planning on bringing it back. So they're making room for other features, but the other feature seems to be the fact that you can now like message someone directly from their post, which I can see a use case for, but I... Yeah, you need both of them, I guess. Uh, and I'd rather have the pinned comment. So yeah. uh, anyways, the point is that when when that was around, it was worth using. Uh, and, and so I'd like pin a comment. But um, but for the most part, at, whenever possible, we try and put it like directly in the post. Um, and in some cases, put it in the post and then you put um, a separate uh, a separate link uh, in the in the comment. So an example of this was uh, we had a landing page set up for a um, for a campaign that we'd done or like a, a content piece that we'd done for um, uh, the Cloud 100. So we'd done like our own analysis on the Cloud 100, kind of measuring what they're or, uh, looking at the trends in their go to markets. Right. So like what is what are the what's the sales and marketing strategy at a Cloud 100 versus like your average, uh, you know, SaaS company under 5000. So. So we had that and we had the ability for um, anyone to get a hold of the spreadsheet and essentially like do their own analysis on it uh, as well. And we had that um, essentially gated on on a basic uh, landing page that would allow you to like sign up for our newsletter, get access to the uh, uh, to the sheet for so this Google sheet that we would put together. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't like uh, have to sign up through uh, sign up for Peer Signal, which does like require you to um, to auth in through LinkedIn. Um, so you know it's not always like the most comfortable first step. It's kind of like asking a lot. So this is kind of like a um, an in between step that, that we put together um, for some of the big pieces like that. So when we had that, uh, we might put that the link like to you know just get a hold of like the asset directly in the post. Uh, but then in the comments, I'd put, you know, also, if you want to join, you know, 12,000 uh, B2B SaaS marketers, like in PeerSignal, like here's the link to that. So those are separate asks, basically. Um, but the one that's probably like the easier ask and the most relevant to the content you're talking about or the content that you're promoting, like uh, that's the one that I would put in the post itself. Now, do you feel like it was more, um, do you feel like there were certain you, you mentioned like different angles or hooks you'd use to approach um, both to test different things, but also to keep it feeling like it's a fresh announcement each time. So I, I love this idea, right? Like obviously a lot of us get stuck in this promotion method of once we find a method that seems good, it's like, that's the recurring method. That's the method that we yeah. use to promote this thing. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's insightful that a method can become white noise after a while. If people become used to the patterns that they're seeing in the post and the behaviors, and it's like, oh, it, even if it's different content every time, which I think is sometimes like where, where my head goes is, oh, but it's different content. But, but the method itself can be white noise. Do you feel like the 
the different posts that you experimented with, was it that was it more influential that one or two like really were good or the or do you think the more uh, the more powerful effect or the more cumulative effect was just that you changed the angle at all every time? Do you know what I mean? Like, was it more impactful that you experimented? crack the code and kind of found one or two angles that no one was doing and the extra caught attention? Or do you think it's more, would your advice be that it's more important just to keep changing angles on general, just to keep it from being boring and kind of stale? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So, uh, yeah, I think like order, order of operations is number one thing you have to do is, uh, have the content be good, right? Like if you can like get into a rhythm where like the pillar content that you're creating, whether that's like a weekly schedule or monthly schedule for you. Um, but the, the content that you're, that you're promoting, you feel good about, that's going to be like the X factor to how good your promotions are. Like, this has just been what, what I found is like, when I am excited to, sh- to share the content, like I'll do a better job, like on the promotions. Like that's, that's just, uh, that's just like how it, how it goes. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and when, and when I'm not like, or, or when, you know, uh, the, pillar content feels thin or I haven't really done the work of like finding the insight, right? Like the angle uh, within it, then the promotions are like understandably like a lot harder. And so, um, and then the second piece is I'm saying the word promotion. That's probably like not the right word because uh, the other piece of it is for each social post to feel like its own content, like a, like a, like it could be standalone content. So I think some ways that we thought about that were, the summary post, right, where it's like, uh, yeah, you're you're basically getting like the the highlighted like Cliff Notes version of the newsletter, um, and we just you know didn't worry about like holding or dangling like you know uh, anything. Uh, it was just yeah, here's like you know here's the short version essentially. Here's like the highlights. Here's what you mean. Or like know. if like if you don't want to read the newsletter, that like you're gonna get the the key takeaways right here in this post. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like, uh, we just had a newsletter go out today. Uh, so Adam's post for that, like, was that right? Like, and when I was going over it, too, I was like, Yeah, this is this is basically just the newsletter. It's, uh, it doesn't have the graphs, like it doesn't have like, um, if you want to dig deeper into it, you know, it's, uh, it's probably still like 5x more content on the newsletter, but you're getting like the highlights here. Um, and because of that, like the, you know, social media is rewarding you if it's really good content, people like it, it's starting conversation. Um, I think some other pieces of this were then like the the actionable post, right? Of uh, again, like if, if we want to increase conversions to our to our main asset, to the resources of, uh, of peer signal, it's like, what is that? <laughs> like, what, what, why should I do that? You know, what can I get from that, right? So, um, in the context of uh, the hiring report, right? I might say how I would go about like finding a sales job right now, how I would go about like finding a marketing job using using our tool. Uh, but then, yeah, just being very like transparent and honest of like, if I were to, uh, one example was talked about how I'd use PeerSignal to basically like vet uh, and make a short list for, for good companies that I would want to join um, with good growth signals. And then, you know, if I was a salesperson, I might use something like, uh, rep view to, uh, to see how much that company supports and like cares about sales, right? Like, is this like a sales led company? Um, is like sales, like an afterthought, like how well do they pay their salespeople? 
there's usually like a, you know, a process. So I think like figuring out some use cases like around your, um, your ideal audience or, or your customer is a smart way to, to think about, um, you know, well converting post. And so, so that was kind of another format that we played with. And then there's, yeah, there's basically like the, the angled or point of view post, right. Where you take out like one interesting insight, or you could think about it as like one, you know, section or like heading within your, your newsletter. And that's the post, right. But you might add like a little mm. bit of your own commentary of like, you know, like I've been seeing this on, uh, you know, my feed or, uh, you know, in, in talks with like my peers, like they've been seeing this too. Um, and there's a couple like, um, more tactical things I think that, um, that we saw that seemed to be helpful was essentially, um, you know, tagging companies and celebrating companies that are doing really well. Right. So like that was, that's kind of one of the benefit of a, a resource like ours is that, you know, the ability to sort through different SaaS companies to, to celebrate like different types of milestones. And so, you know, if I'm seeing like there's 200 year over year growth from X, Y, and Z companies, or like this segment, like seems to be really taking off, like, you know, four of the five like big players in this space are um are are, are growing at this rate right or are, are still hiring or whatever um celebrating like or and giving a few examples for folks like helps make it more tangible so it kind of goes back to like the actionable the actionability like of a post um and it's just like a, a community play right like now it's like Oh, that's my company. You know, like that's, you know, and people are like right. more, more willing to, uh, to, to share it, to comment on it, like to engage in it at all. Uh, yeah. And it gives people ideas of like, you know, who to, who to work with, like who, uh, you know, who's, who's doing well. So it just kind of like fuels the entire thing. So those are a few just like tactical ways to think about, I think, uh, promotion, um, and getting people interested in like your, whatever your own content strategy is. Yeah, I love I love these ideas so much. Um, especially the approach. I'm you know, such a big fan. This is something we're trying to do at Databox is really like not being afraid to give the whole value there. Cause to me, like natively and contextually in the platform, like the people that are you know, like let's take the podcast for example. So, you know, we take it's like not everyone who likes Databox or follows along is a podcast fan. Like not everyone wants to devote forty hours to listening to like two marketers talk. And like that's fine. Um so the ability to say, okay, but if you follow along on Twitter or on LinkedIn or whatever, like you're going to get the best takeaways we can possibly condense in however many characters right there. And if you happen to see one that catches you extra, like there is a link in the comments that you can go, you know, listen. But I think, I think a lot of marketers who are afraid to do this don't realize that the, you know, the, the purpose of the content is to like educate, entertain, build awareness, build trust. It doesn't so much matter. Like for all the talk of like owning your audience and email and things like that, I don't think it matters, at least my opinion, that it doesn't matter so much like where that's happening. The point is that you have your target audience and whatever platform they like the best, you be there with that thing, giving the best value. So I, I love the way that you're thinking about that. Um, and yeah, I'm just writing down furiously all these notes for, for when we, uh, you know, launch, launch our newsletter, especially the, the community piece. Like, um, I love this idea of taking, this would be a company I'm guessing featured in the newsletter and then you would tag them and like say something great about them. Or you would like, they, they would normally be in the newsletter and you're kind of publicly like letting them know that they're in it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, to, to take like a, a step back to, to help people understand like our strategy and our product is. So we have a few different um, data sets, right? Um, 
and you know ultimately like uh, a one goal is like to to get you more interested in like you know the, the data that is again like owned on our site like uh to, to have you like dig into these resources that we have and so i think thinking about those pillars um and thinking about like the different ways that might get somebody interested in that or the different ways that they provide value uh, and translating that um, helped us get to that point that you're talking about. So for instance, like go, yeah, going back to the hiring tracker or really like B, the B2B one, the PLG one, it's like, okay, if I were to, how would I use this, right? Like, and like, how, how could I make this actionable? Um, and if I just wanted to know who's succeeding right now um, and you get kind of creative with like what those filters might be and like what you might look for. Um, so it add, add in a few different like filters um, uh, and like criteria for it. And then, yeah, and then you'd see kind of like this like top list um, of, uh, you know, companies to work for or companies that are growing and insights into like what sectors are succeeding. And so I think just, uh, or what I've seen is that just taking a, taking a screenshot of that and like highlighting like, yeah, their, their growth. Um, sometimes like, uh, sometimes I, sometimes I tag and other times like people just notice like and tag like their friends that work in, you know, a company that's like a top 10, uh, I, again, like rep view, like does a really good job of this too. Uh, like you've probably seen all over, LinkedIn, like them, you know, sharing the other own screenshots from their product and celebrating uh, companies that pay salespeople well, and then they'll highlight that that column of like, uh, you know, the the OTE that they can make. So I think just like mm. showing what good looks like, uh, or or showing like uh, the yeah, again different like use cases of it um, is really like part of the strategy now, but it's going back to like, what ultimately do you, do you want to do? Or at least like, what's the next step that you want people to take? Um, and then kind of in some ways retrofitting, uh, the, the content strategy, like around that, right. Of like, uh, um, yeah, uh, like what, yeah. What, what is going to get somebody from, from point A to point to point B, or sometimes it's easier to go from like, what's going to, what's the best thing to go from like point A to, to point E, right? Um, sort of like filling in, um, filling in like the gaps for people. Cause I think that exercise at least shows you like your own biases of you probably mm. like know your content sphere and your blog, like, you know, better than anyone else. Right. And so, so you're just right. going to assume a lot of things because of that. Um, and if you just assume nothing, if you assume like, they don't they don't know anything about our content they don't know what we do like uh you know that they, they don't know anything anything about this and you uh then you're a little bit more thoughtful about like creating those connection points for people i think that's such a hard step for for even like content marketers to take is is that like no like let me start for let me let me be in a starting place of assuming no one cares like no one like because that's you know it's a it's really the reality for a lot of companies like people are going to start off by not caring. They came to LinkedIn to kill some time or to browse or to learn something new or to check messages and they don't care. And so it's like, how do you take them from zero from like not caring to like the interested stage? Like this is relevant and interesting to me. Oh, if I keep reading, this is going to like illumine something or answer a question I've had or like this is spark, you know, I disagree with this. It's sparking some like feeling in me to then like this final stage of like exploring more. So yeah, it's, um, uh, I, I love the framework that you're approaching with here. So you mentioned, um, okay, so so LinkedIn was obviously a huge play for you all. Were there any other sort of channels that you utilized or like other levers 
that you pulled besides this? Yeah, so so it's funny because we talked a little bit about like adding some other channels and that being like you know something that that I focus uh, on for you know like the first uh, the first quarter or so. Um, but because of like the, well, one, because, because I believe in like doubling down, like wh where you have something going, um, and because of kind of like some of the early numbers that we saw, um, <laughs> uh, Adam had to like remind me at some point of like, he's like, actually, like, I liked your idea of like, just, just doubling down on LinkedIn. Like, let's not worry about like, uh, about Twitter right now. I think like, especially with everything going on with, with Twitter, like, uh, that was an easy play. Um. I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a second, but I think like, yeah, uh, TikTok is kind of like the other one of like platforms, like to get like good platform native content, like it takes a while. And, you know, I'm like a content team of one, uh, really, I guess yeah. like one and a half, like with, with Adam, see, uh, he was putting like significant time, I think, especially at the beginning. Um, uh, but yeah, but knowing that it was like, we have a lot, like we just realized that there was like a lot of, more, like just more potential or like people that didn't know about us and we're still like in the discovery phase like within LinkedIn that really was already pretty curated to like our our audience of like b2b you know SaaS marketers um it's gonna be like hard to find that combination of um a potential or like a, a platform that still has good reach that we already had um some traction on uh with our own like followings there um and yeah, then that's basically like already like a, a business platform, right? Uh, and so I already had a bunch of things going for us. Uh, a couple things that I did do though was um, for some of the posts that did really well or were very like listicle e, like I would repurpose, you know, the, basically the, like the same exact post, like as if it was numbered um, for Twitter, right? So I, I did that a little bit. I have like you know, not much of a, a Twitter following. So, uh, so it wasn't like a, I didn't get like a ton for that from that. Um, but it's more, again, just like always be like testing a little bit on the side. So that's something that I still believe in. I think like could actually work pretty well on, uh, on Adam's platform. Uh, cause he has more of a following there. So that's something I still want to try. There's that. And then if there's Twitter for more of, uh, again, like I see, with the type of thing that we offer, um, with, with data and like this database, uh, and just again, like seeing the reaction of us posting GIF videos and screenshots, like I can see like a whole play that would work really well on, um, on TikTok, even if it was just for our hiring tracker, which I think has like that mass appeal, you know, to help you do well, yeah. uh, you know, virally there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, so I made like a, I made a TikTok video, but like that's giving myself a lot of credit because it really was just like, uh, it was just like a, you know, a video screenshot of, um, that it was, it was a vehicle for me to get the video, if that makes sense. Um, uh, and then post that video like on LinkedIn. Um, so I yeah. see like that as an interesting way to think about it too, as it more of like a creator platform uh, with, uh, with some better like uh, features than LinkedIn has right now. Um, and then you might, you know, get like a little bit of, uh, a boost like from TikTok itself and be able to kind of slowly build there. Um, but then it gets you, you know, some additional content types that you can then, you know, ultimately post on LinkedIn. So short answer is, um, you should always be doing like a little bit of like experimentation on the side, as long as you're not too distractible, if that makes sense. So, uh, I yeah. think like the lesson for me was like, you know, I had originally said like, let's 
essentially like squeeze as much juice as you can from the from from the lemon is probably the best like analogy um uh like from a platform and then you know once that starts like plateauing maybe think about like adding another platform but knowing your own resources and you know a, a team of like one and seeing essentially what we we're able to get from that in a month like was was the play and so we both kind of had to i guess remind each other at, at times like that that was the focus yeah i mean especially there's uh <laughs> by the way there's hundreds of marketers of one right now breathing a sigh of relief that they don't have to do anything more than focus on what's working because i think it's like it is it is really tempting like we you know we've been talking uh internally you know here at Databox about like some, you know some cute or uh, some 2023 ideas and it's like there are so many opportunities like there really are like like yeah like there's short form video opportunities there's long form educational opportunities on youtube like and then i just think like there's even so much more we could be doing on twitter right on linkedin so like it's very very difficult and i i love the focus to like almost like don't a lot like you know like you said this i'm i'm taking from it like 80 or 90 percent of your focus and efforts going on like squeezing everything out of what's working with maybe 10% like micro tests so that when eventually the well starts to run dry or not run dry, but you feel like you've plateauing, Hey, I've been doing these micro tests for six months and here's the one that's showing the most promise. Um, and maybe, and maybe jumping over to that. I was curious, um, from a, the a content standpoint of your newsletter, did you, did you, did you or Adam make any changes over time? And if so, like to improve the newsletter, uh, what was that based on? Like I would have, you know, like we're shipping our first one out into the world and it's, it's hard to imagine that that's going to be it in perpetuity. Right. So, um, did, I know you mentioned he was getting a lot of replies, which is amazing. Um, would, would there ever be like feature suggestions of the newsletter that you would take, or did you see any of that on social and did any, did any of that feedback lead to changes in the newsletter? Or if not that, like, were there other things like, Hey, we're seeing no one's reading past this certain point. Let's scrap this last section. Like, how did you think about curating and improving? Actually, you, you know, because you referenced in the beginning, make the content good to begin with. How did you continually refine making the content good to begin with? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, I think first off, I went through like the whole archive of uh, issues, right? Because um, I really wanted to understand like his voice, like how he analyzes the data. Um, cause ultimately like when, when I come, when I came on, it was like, um, he's, he's still, uh, what was he said? Chief analyst, uh, of sorts, like analyzing the data, but we talk about what type of answers we want to get from it, right? Like what type of charts, you know, what, what type of data we want to, uh, or what type of answers we want to, um, get from different data questions, if that makes sense. So we'll have kind of like a, you know, a little bit of like a brief, um, uh, before he analyzes the data. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he, he, at first like would take all of the charts, have like a little bit of like a caption underneath them, um, of his kind of like quick interpretation of each of those things. Um, and then to kind of like systematize it, like the small things that we did were, uh, you know, I was like, I was like, this is great. Like you basically just written like a, you know, a rough draft like version of the, of the newsletter. Um, uh, but eventually like just have, just having him export like those images and then like I can help more with like the interpretation and like the, um, uh, and like just analyzing like the, the data, uh, finding like the storylines, like, um, finding, uh, third party sources as well. And like insights to add in there. Um, 
So yeah, so first it was just about like, what are we doing now, right? Like breaking those up into kind of sections or um, segments, I guess, is probably maybe the best way to think about uh, your newsletter is like the, you know, the best uh, newsletter letters have figured out how to like operationalize, like uh, Morning Brew crew has like talked a lot about how they did this. But um, I think like for us or for me, when I was like first looking at it and how I would analyze it now is at the beginning, there's like always some some form of social proof. So, you know, like, thanks for being for, for being one of the first like uh, sales and marketers uh, uh, to join like our community and the, the number of people that uh, have been there. So like one of the first, you know, 12,562 <laughs> marketers that have, like joined. Um, and then there might be like a little bit of a recap or there might be a little bit of a recap of like what happened last week. So if there was a significant moment of like, uh, you know, things that happened in hiring or, you know, our key play announcement, we might link out to that. So it might be like a little bit of like a recap on on the week. Um, and I feel like that just makes it a little bit more like human um, and less isolated. Like it's just kind of like this ongoing conversation. Uh, so we'll have that that at the beginning. Uh, also, uh, so that's kind of like the italics in the, at the beginning. Uh, in the intro, we always link within the first like three lines uh, out to his post. So we'll have kind of a, a sister post that's essentially the recap of the newsletter. So I think it's important to, when you can, like create growth loops for yourself um, and just connect like all your pieces of content. So, you know, traditional way of content marketing, like you would have like a whole internal linking strategy, you'd have a, a backlinking strategy, right? It's kind of the same idea uh, in a way, right? So it's like linking out to the, um, the short uh, promotional pieces like around this. Uh, and that also allows the newsletter to be a little bit more of a, open conversation because uh so we'll have that at the beginning it'll link out to that also at the very end of the newsletter um, i started adding kind of a another way um of of doing that so it'd be like wrapping it up it would be join the conversation on linkedin right so um so it's basically like you have a chance at the beginning um if you want to kind of like see the short version you have a chance at the end of like now you might have some commentary on, on whatever we just talked about or questions like and then you can take you directly to um yeah to to a social platform where you, where you can be social uh and uh have this conversation in public or you can just reply to the newsletter and then there's a reminder at the end that it's basically i, I read all replies which is from adam um just to basically know like if you respond, like you're gonna get a, you know, a response um and you're talking to a real human so think uh any chance you can or any opportunity you can like uh, use to humanize uh, a newsletter. I think there's like a fine balance between what I mentioned of operationalizing a newsletter um, and it feeling very like cookie cutter uh, and like this this human aspect. And uh, you need to you know figure out both so that it can become like a, a repeatable motion for you and not be this like stressful thing we have to do every week. Um, uh, some other pieces in there were just, uh, um, it's a little bit different because ours isn't quite like other newsletters where they have you know like the tweet of the week or different things but uh but we i did start breaking things up into um into headers uh right so like mm -hmm. uh essentially identifying like a few themes within the uh within the analysis right of um I'm trying to remember what this what this last one was there were kind of two different things about like silver linings um for startups like within um hiring and then you know there might be like a, a specific section about like silver linings for employers, silver linings for employees, 
um, and then uh, you know go to market insights and some of these things. So you kind of just like see uh, see the see the stories or the micro stories within there and how to split those things up. Um, but I think constantly just be thinking about like how can I make this if you if you are doing like a longer form content like how do I make this digestible? Um, and I think the best ways to do that are enough like images and variety in the images, right? So like uh, for us, like it's uh, usually a combination of the charts um, that we have uh, in there, making sure those charts are, you know, a combination of bar charts, pie charts, um, you know, line charts, like just to just to basically break it up. Um, and then some sort of like community commentary is kind of how I think about it, which are, uh, yeah, tweets or like LinkedIn posts um, they're either linking out to or in some cases, um, you know, they're an actual like image within the post. So I think having a variety of images that like break up the chunks of text. Um, and then, yeah, like headers are kind of like the other way to to break it up. So so afterwards, like when you review it, like it should just feel it just feel digestible. Right. So that's kind of like one of the checks that that I do um, is you're, you're doing the technical check of making sure the links work and everything. But you're also looking for like variety of imagery, like, um, you know, variety of like um, numbers and, and letters, essentially, right? Like uh, yeah. your qualitative data and your quantitative data. Um, yeah. And you're just making sure it's like a well-balanced piece. I love it. This is, uh, this is like just one of the awesomest uh, summaries we've had on like how to make something like good from like a tactical actionable perspective. Um, my, my last question on this before we get to some of the results is, uh, diving a little bit deeper on this. So one question I had and you touched on it a little bit was something I think is really challenging is staring at data at like raw, you know, like this is who's hiring or, you know, this is the benchmark of the week or whatever. But then like, how do you determine, it feels like the whole unlock, you know, comes in the form of, so what, like, what's the insight here? What's the takeaway? You know, it feels like you could get five people to look at the same piece of data, whether it's a graph or, you know, a, a benchmark or a trend or like whatever. And if you just, obviously, if you just post it, you know, on social, it's like, okay, marketers like, oh, okay, this is the hiring trend or this is, you know, the average among, you know, people in, in B2B SaaS or whatever. Um, what was your process? Like, this seems like a very challenging thing to come into a company where everything is kind of, it sounds like in Adam's head, like it's, it sounds like, I know I've been a part of things where like, it's very difficult when someone's very talented and good and they can just pull these insights. And then like handing that off is not easy because there's just sort of this gut, like intuition and skill certain people have in doing that. So were there any like processes or like, how do you think about that for people that, that want to do similar? There's companies listening that have insights they can share. They have raw data they can share. Uh, selfishly, I'm thinking about us. Like we're, you know, we just rolled out benchmarks. Like there's some, there's some really key insights and interesting data. How do you transition from like the, so what to like the angle on value and make sure that you're doing, first of all, a good interpretation. Like it's actually the right interpretation of the data. Cause that's one thing. But the second thing is that it's not just right. It's like actually relevant. Um, so yeah, any thoughts you can share around that or like what that process was like for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, um, I think the biggest thing was, uh, 
Yeah, okay, so, so I think, like, the, the biggest thing was, like, taking the role to begin with. Like, you have to make sure, like, the content marketing role that you're taking is a good match for your skill set. So I think that's, that's like, number one is, like, for me, like, going into this role, it was, like, do I want to be an analyst? Because like, that's a little, that's like a lot of this role, right? Like, uh, and like I did, like that's, that's exciting for me. Like I've always thought, uh, like give, give me data and I'll give you a story. Um, and so, yeah, but if you're not that, like I know a lot of content people who would like, don't like numbers, right? Or like, uh, or don't like, uh, you know, that piece of it. Um, yeah, there's like, there's plenty of other like content roles too. So I, I'll, I'll kind of like get to that in a second. Um, but uh, yeah, assuming that um, yeah you're you're up for it, I think like the biggest thing is like the the mindset shift. And this sounds silly, but it, it was kind of like a matter of like, okay, I'm gonna like take off my marketer hat for a second. I'm gonna like take off my like copywriter, product marketer like hats for a second, and just like yeah, put on put on like an analyst, like journalist, writer, like all of those hats instead, um, and you are like your goals change like because of that right like the the goals for a journalist like or an analyst like are are much different and so um so i think it was like the early conversations with adam were like making sure that like he wanted good content <laughs> like it sounds but like wanted like um and and you know understanding like the type of content that he's done in the past and that he wanted to continue which is really like unbiased data-backed analysis like uh and like translating that in an interesting way so there's still a story like there's still an angle but it's not a how do we tie this to our product <laughs> like angle right uh and so i think like that mindset shift was like was part of the biggest things of like me having to be okay like not being tied to revenue uh and like knowing that like this specific thing is like uh you know, like not going to be like directly like correlated, like with our product, uh, and just kind of like trusting, yeah, trusting the process. And so that really is like the, the biggest hurdle. Um, trying to think, uh, some other tips would really just be, um, having a hypothesis, like just acting like a scientist, right? Mm -hmm. Like having, so we decided kind of like, uh, uh, having a hypothesis at the beginning of like, here's what we think we're gonna see uh in the data uh you know based on like what it feels like is happening uh in our feeds and like uh in you know in the news um and yeah and just like you know how we think for instance like plg works versus b2b or all these different like um go-to-market motions um so we'll come up with some sort of like hypothesis and then we'll have like a few different kind of like research questions around that of like if you just answer a question, then like Adam as the analyst can go in and like slice the data to get the answer to that question, but it keeps it pretty like unbiased. Um, so we're just trying to answer the supporting questions to figure out if our, if our hypothesis is correct or not. Um, but ultimately we don't care. <laughs> like we don't care if it's, if it's correct or not, we're just trying to like find the answers. Um, so I think mm. uh, coming up with those based on like, it's easier for us because like it's like us as as marketers and like b2b you know uh business people uh what would what do we want to see you know like what's an insight that we want to see uh i think if you start out with that of like 
how can we, yeah, what, what's like interesting, what would interesting content be uh, around this? What would that look like? Having like a theory on what that could be and then looking at the data, see if that um, validates that or not, then you're all of a sudden like you kind of have a story around it, right? Because either it's like, wow, like this was surprising. We thought it was going to be this way and it's not. Um, and that's probably going to be surprising for other folks. Um, or it's like, you might, you might've thought this the whole time, but you never had data to back it up. And like, now there's data to back it up. So, uh, so yeah, I think doing a little bit more work on the front end than you might think that you need to, um, in at least establishing like a framework of what good could look like for this piece, uh, but also being okay with shifting as you go. Like there's been already plenty of times where like we thought it was gonna go one way and then it just kind of turned into a different story and you just follow you just follow the story. Like you just follow like mm. what interesting data is. So for instance, for me, it was like, don't feel like you have to use every graph or like every data point, right? It's like some of them are not interesting. <laughs> and if that's the case, like just don't feel like you have to use it, right? So being like a good editor, I guess, on the back end. Yeah, I love this. I It's so helpful um, and I, I love the starting point to me having a hypothesis is like the, like, if you don't know, if nothing's jumping out at you, just pick a hypothesis to have, like, at least it's a starting point and you'll either be wrong or you'll be right. But it'll, I think you're right. There's something to like starting with that, that even if you're wrong in being wrong, you'll find out what the right answer was. And then you can tell the story about that thing. So that, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the way you're thinking about this is awesome. Uh, super helpful. Um, okay. So as for results that you saw, so you've, you've got this, this newsletter was sort of like the first pillar content. Um, it summarized the insights of peer signal. Adam had started this and obviously you both had, you know, significant followings on LinkedIn. So, uh, you know, true to your philosophy, you doubled down on what was working and through everything that you laid out with the angles, the different formats, everything you described with LinkedIn, um, what were some of the results that you saw as far as increasing subscribers? Yeah, yeah. So when I came on uh, November 1st was my first day. Uh, so it's been a month and a half so far, about 45 days. Um, and so, yeah, when I came on, there's like 6,700 ish subscribers. Um, and so, you know, with that first release of the new uh, homepage gallery, like we saw um, our most subscribers in a day. Um, so we saw it like spike to, a, I think it was a thousand uh uh like subscribers wow. and like um it that was like over the course of i think a week but i think it was about close to that for the day i might even be able to like pull this up on the call um and uh yeah so we basically topped like our best day and you know basically had this validation that people really liked like that piece and that content so we created a we made that last longer right we like created more content around that doubled down on that uh and then we actually beat our, our new best day, like I think it was like that, that next week uh, with our like hiring report, which we do like monthly. Um, so I think we had our November hiring report. Um, and yeah, I think like just, uh, you know, the last couple ones kind of just like showing the other side of the story because like all you're seeing is like layoffs and layoffs. And we look at, you know, specifically more that uh, early stage growth stage, like rather than like big tech. And so I think seeing like some of the growth still happening there and seeing things balance out, seeing, um, you know, people from big tech, like get into like uh, some more startup land, um, just sharing like some of those stories and just again, actionable content around like what, 
rather than just like continue to perpetuate like what's what's not working right like what's not working in the world like uh we know how can we like point point people in the right direction or at least give give some resources so i think like yeah. sharing that and uh this is everything from there's a little bit of a comment strategy as well so you know think when i saw things like around hiring um you know i, I would like comment uh you know, something useful. Uh, and then, you know, like we have this, this hiring tracker, if you are looking for a job, uh, that'll, you know, help you basically find a, a good job or at least help you vet, uh, you know, different companies. So I think, yeah, just, I started sharing that type of stuff to kind of plant the seed. And then when we kind of shared our report, like we saw kind of like a swell from that of just everyone, um, you know, who's either looking for a job or looking to help friends with a job. I think like we just naturally had a lot of like community support from that, that kind of helped us hit our, our next, uh, record day for, for subscribers. Um, so yeah, so essentially we're like in this, um, in this high, like of, uh, you know, seeing like a lot of like, uh, early growth, like our unprecedented, uh, you know, growth to the newsletter where we're seeing like, yeah, yeah. A few, a couple thousand like, uh, subscribers, like, for the first couple weeks, um, like come in. So it was, it was literally like the hot, like a hockey stick, uh, like wow. look. Um, and so we, so we're, what was the word Adam used? Like it was, so it was kind of intoxicating, right. Of like, um, so we kept like, you know, just working really fast and like, um, getting all these posts out, um, while we basically just so that we could ride that, um, ride that wave. The other piece of this though, too, was like, I wasn't, thinking so much about growing it because of this reason until maybe like a week before I was like, Oh, this, this is the time to like, um, to, to ride that wave when you have it. Um, so we were releasing like our, our product, like the first week of, um, December. And so this was also ended up kind of being like a way for us to, um, like quickly, uh, turn up like the the pace, like of our audience building, if that makes sense. So, uh, like, like quickly build like a, a bigger audience, both on, on LinkedIn and then, uh, and then, uh, our, our newsletter subscribers. And so, um, yeah. And then we're just very thoughtful about like what we actually sent to our newsletter subscribers about the announcement. And we decided to make it less of like, you know, uh, we got this, we got this much funding. Like this is the, this is our thing. Like you should be excited about it. Like, and again, instead of making it a, a promotion, like we, um, we're like, okay, this is the purpose of this newsletter. And like my job as the, as the director of like this part of the business is like to make sure that I'm only sending valuable stuff, uh, and the, and we're, how we're qualifying, uh, good stuff is, um, you know, to be able to study go to market strategies across B2B SaaS. And so we framed, we ended up framing up that newsletter as, uh, our, our go to market strategy, right? Like that was, that was the uh, subject line was mm. like, Hey, by the way, like we've been studying go-to-market strategies for a while based on all those insights, uh, and based on like what's working, um, and just our, you know, our own, our own like gut feeling, like this is, this is how we're building. Right. And so it was really like more about the, the how and the why, um, and tying it back to like why you originally subscribed to, to our newsletter, uh, rather than like come celebrate us. Right. Which like, which it works. Like, you know, uh, you can get away with that if you've like put out enough good content, um, that people are going to like support you. Um, when the, when the time comes to kind of like start asking, asking other people for stuff. Um, but yeah, we just always want to make sure that our content like gives something valuable. Um, and yeah. there's always like a way to do that. It just takes like a little bit of extra work. And so I think for us, like it was, 
yeah, figuring out like, what's the angle on this that I care about, right? Like that I care about as an outsider uh, or that I care about as a subscriber. And I think for us, right. it was like, oh, it actually might be interesting for folks to like understand like why we have this um, unusual like go to market uh, strategy, uh, why we're just now announcing the product. Like what is the difference between uh, Keyplay and PeerSignal and realizing that they only know PeerSignal and starting from there. So um, yeah. Yeah, this is wild. Like, I can't imagine how affirming or like what this would have. This is like every marketer's dream is to come in and like within 45 days, you're driving such explosive growth. Like you said, so did you say in total then, like on top of the spikes that you saw, uh, you added 6,000 total in one month, 6,000 subscribers? Yeah, yeah. So about 6,000 in a month. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm i looking at the actual like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, track record here, time. but uh, in real time, yeah, we're pulling it up in real time. But uh, yeah, it. added added about six thousand in a month. Uh, we're not at, now at close to close to double um, in yeah in, in forty five days. So that was kind of like as we approached it, that was kind of starting to become a goal. I was like, could we like yeah, could I could I double this in a month? Uh, so I didn't quite didn't quite hit that, but we did grow from, let's see, I'll put in like the actual, the actual dimensions from you. November 30th. Here we go. So November, November 1st was my first day and there was 6,749 subscribers and then grew it to, yeah, 11,906 um, subscribers. Wow. Right. So that's so uh, wild. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, like you know, there there are a few like uh, there are a few things that I'm like I had to. <laughs> this is this also becomes part of your job as like a marketer is like setting realistic expectations like for for the company too. So it's like exciting to like present these results too. But I was like, okay, there are a few outliers <laughs> in here, right? Like uh, I cannot sustain this like for forever. Right. Um. But uh, but yeah, and I think like explaining that along the way, but also like you know not. Not not celebrating, uh, but you know, a few of those levers going back to it were like, uh, at, you know, adding in like my own, uh, I guess, distribution that I had on, on LinkedIn, right? So like, so that like just was immediate kind of fuel for the fire, you know, having like spending those time on like the big assets of like uh, that they already did, frankly, which was um, the homepage gallery. So it's like having this like awesome resource to be able to to plug and talk about and like share in different dimensions. Um, and then, yeah, getting really creative about how you share those types of things and how you make content, you know, feel different and, um, learn from the same database or the same data set. Um, so there was, there was that. And then, uh, yeah, playing, playing with a few different like formats and like, uh, helped everyone actually like update their, their profiles, like for, for pure signal and key play. And we figured out, you know, like the right way to separate, you know, titles and things like that. Uh, but we had, you know, different people like add a featured section that like links out to the, to the newsletter. So, um, there's kind of just, like some low hanging fruit, I guess. Like, uh, there's usually something like when you first come into a role, that's like, again, like how can we double down? So it's like right. doubling, doubling down, uh, on channel, uh, had like a few like really good, um, pieces already that like people just didn't know enough about. Uh, and so I think coming in and when you see something that's like your aha moment, which like for me, it was like 
the hiring tracker, like the the ability to like uh, uh, to do some like a little bit of news jacking there. So, so another thing I didn't mention was like when that um, meta news hit about like the the meta layoffs. I knew it was yeah. coming because I was doing that research and I was like working on that newsletter. Um, so I knew it was coming that week, uh, and so I had kind of like a draft for a post um, ready for that that I basically just had to plug in like the number of layoffs because I, I knew everything else like uh, besides that. And then, uh, yeah, when that, that happened to hit, I think like the day before uh, our newsletter was scheduled to go out. So it then became like the perfect promo post in a way of like wow, yeah. Meta just laid off this many people, um, you know, like here, here's what this means or here's what we're seeing. Right. And I think that was like my most viral post. Um, yeah, like in, in the time that I've been here. Uh, and that, that ended up being like, uh, yeah, the biggest like subscriber day was like that day. And the next day when yeah. the newsletter actually came out. Yeah, this is all, um, yeah, it's all incredible. I'm going to like totally digest this and, and use some of these ideas, you know, for us moving forward. Um, Camille, thank you for sharing so much. This has been really awesome. I feel like this is one of the most practical, insightful, helpful episodes for anyone looking to do more of the same. So, um, yeah, just can't thank you enough for coming on. No, this has been it's been a blast. Uh, yeah, like uh, let's 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 keep it up and uh, talk again soon. All right, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.